This podcast features detailed descriptions of real dead bodies. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Christine Levine, and you're listening to Found Dead. I'm Julie, and I found two dead bodies. It was the most rancid smell I've ever smelled in my life. I've never seen anything like it. The biggest puddle of I don't know what. That is a horrific thought to think about. Today's episode, The Bodies in the Mansion. There's not a lot of mess with a fresh dead body. Sure, your bowels do evacuate, but on the whole, it's not the worst. And after a really long time, there's no mess at all. A skeleton is pretty tidy, but that middle part, those stages in between, though, nature just takes its course. There's actually people who study this. There's a body farm out at the University of Tennessee where they observe all the different ways a body can decompose. Dry climates, wet climates, hanging, buried, you name it. And there's stages of death. First, you get pale, then you get cold, then you get stiff, then all your blood settles inside your body, and then you start decomposing. That brings us to our next guest. Julie is a comedian from Oklahoma, and like a lot of comedians, from time to time, she had writer's block. She needed a new experience to shake things up a bit. Now, most comedians just go to a movie. What Julie did was a bit bolder. I see a Facebook post from the Oklahoma City Police Department about a citizen's police academy. And I was like, that's it. Because immediately I'm getting visions of the police academy movies in my head. So I was like, that's it. It's free. It's one night a week. There will be no one I know there. There will be no talk of comedy. I'm going to do it, even though I didn't really want to do it. But I was like, I'm going to do it because it's something completely different. And it'll like shake me loose, right? So I go and it's like a class and there's no one there like me. It's the most diverse room you can imagine, which was surprising because I, I didn't know what to expect. But there's everyone from every different walk of life. You know, we go through the weeks and then they're like, by the way, to get the full experience, you can sign up to ride with a police officer. And I was like, well, this is great, you know, even more. The day came where I was supposed to do my ride along. And just to give you a frame of reference for how normal this day was, I was doing new headshots right before I had to go to the police station for this oh, ride along. Oh. So like I'm doing these headshots and they're great. I'm having this great day. And then I was like, ah. first I was like, I don't want to go like. And I was like, no, just go, just get it over with. Just, you know, because you don't have to spend all night with them or all day. You can just go for a little bit and then leave. I thought, let me just go. We're in the briefing room and the officer I'm with gets a priority call of a welfare check. And he's like, we have to go right now. We run to his car. He books it to this really gorgeous neighborhood where you can tell there's a lot of wealth in there. And I thought, we're here? Like, you know, you think welfare check or something's wrong. You don't, you wouldn't think it would land us in the neighborhood we were in. You know what I mean? No, those people have enough money to pay for someone to check on them. I know, exactly. Yeah. I thought, well, this is kind of weird. So I thought, well, you know, I mean, you just don't know what to expect. There's a girl outside the house who this couple, they were basically recluses. They were wealthy recluses who really didn't talk to anyone except for a Facebook group they were on about all their cats. This woman took in stray cats like you wouldn't believe. Uh-oh. And so when we pull up, there's a girl there, and then there's all these newspapers. Now, this is how good the neighborhood is. There was a massive amount of Amazon packages. <laughs> 
Oh, so that's how you know the neighborhood was good. If there were packages left outside my front door, they'd be gone within a couple of days. (laughs) (laughs) You got people, got some porch pirates in the neighborhood and here, not so much. I made a joke on stage about um, Oklahoma came out, we're the number two in package thefts. And I was like, we're at the top of a list finally. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because we're always at the bottom of everything, but. So there's packages, there's newspapers, there's mail, and this this girl, she's like, look, I don't really know these people. I'm dating a distant relative. We're the only ones that live here in the city. She's like, I don't even know these people. She's like, but they asked me to come and check. They're not answering because she hadn't posted in this cat group for weeks. And so they're like, we're trying to figure out why she hasn't posted in this cat group because she always does. So the officer's like, okay. And so he's like, Julie, come with me to the back. So we go, because, you know, we're knocking, we're looking in the windows, and they can't break in. They can't just kick the door in. So he walks to the back, and we're walking towards, like, a patio, and I smell something. And I'm like, what is that smell? I mean, it was the most rancid smell I've ever smelled in my life. And the, and the officer was like, uh-oh. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we walk to the back patio, and... There's no like screen or curtain on the on the sliding glass door. And there there there's the female right there, right in front of the door, twisted up. She looks like she fell and her body was twisted and and she was really decomposed. Yeah. She was naked. Um oh. yeah, she had been walking around naked and her mouth was open. It was like she fell and was like trying to scream and just just that was her last position and so then I'm looking at her and you know my mind is just trying to register everything I'm taking in because I've never seen anything like this in my life I mean she's like this grayish blue color her body's twisted and then I'm looking at her leg I said what is that and he goes oh that's where the cats have been feasting on her They'd they'd been eating the back of her thigh because the back of one of her thighs was completely like just gone. And then her other thigh had like a couple of chunks taken out of it, but they really liked that one thigh. She had like nine, nine or 10 stray cats in there. Oh my God. They ate her thigh out of respect because they, they loved her so much. They couldn't do her face first. That's thoughtful. Really? Really? I, I don't, I mean, are I you making that up? <laughs> I, yeah. Did you throw up? I mean, my mind was so. You have to understand, I had just done these fun headshots. Like an hour before, I'm taking these cute shots and having fun and da-da-da, you know, just having this great day. And then an hour later, I'm looking at a severely decomposed corpse that cats have been eating out of it. The pendulum swing on that was really wild. So the officer was like, well, we have to wait for the fire department to break in. So he goes and he tells her, he goes, well, we found the female. He goes, so I am sure, because remember there's, they're a couple. He goes, I'm sure the other one's in there. He goes, we just don't know if he's alive or what his state is, but he goes, but we can guess. So the fire department comes and uh, I mean, the smell, once he opened that door was just awful. Right. Yeah. You'll never forget it the rest of your life. You'll know it. I, I, yeah. They opened the front door and when they opened the front door, it looked like someone had taken a dump truck or had a dump truck full of cat feces and it just dumped it all in the house. Oh my God. I mean, it was wall to wall. I mean, and you have to remember, this is a huge house. This is not a small, this is a big, nice house. They have hardwood floors and there's just 
cat poop. Like every inch of that floor is just cat poop. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. What happens when musicians and audio engineers channel their creativity into a coffee company? You get Decibel Coffee Works. For owners Nick Hainig, Dana Fair, and Ian Hodges, the music and art communities provide them with daily inspiration. At Decibel Coffee Works, they share that inspiration in liquid form, bringing you their best coffee and favorite artists. Decibel Coffee Works purchases their ingredients from sustainable sources, providing a truly exceptional product while contributing to the longevity of the coffee industry. Whether you're shipping their excellent coffee straight into your drip machine at home or sipping a fresh cappuccino inside their cafe in Tucson, Arizona, we know you'll love what you get. You can go to decibelcoffeeworks.com today to learn more. And if you pop by the cafe, let them know that Found Dead sent you. And now back to the show. The officers were kind of like laughing at me because I was trying to like tiptoe in between poop because you're just going to have to walk on it. And I'm like, this is horrifying to me. So we go upstairs. He opens the bedroom door. He walks around and he goes, okay, come here. He goes, stand by the door frame. And I'm standing by the door frame and I don't know what I'm looking at. All I'm looking at is there's a blank space right in front of me. There's like a dresser up against a wall. Then there's, you know, just nothing. And then there's the bed. In between the dresser and the bed on this hardwood floor is the biggest puddle of, I don't know what. It looks like a little pond. And I'm like, what am I looking at? He He goes, look down. And so I look under the bed and there's a puddle under the bed. And I'm like, I still don't understand what it is I'm looking at because it, there was so much fluid. The male had fallen down and he was he was morbidly obese. He was telling me that obese bodies have much more fluid to leak. Oh, yeah. They liquefy. They liquefy. Oh, ex- my God. You have to understand this guy's. this is a big bedroom. He's on the other side in between the wall and the bed. And there's this huge bed, and then there's a space. The fluid went from all the way where his body fell, all the way under the bed, and all the way out. Oh. Yeah. Are you okay? okay? Are you going to get... Oh, God damn it. Oh, honey. I mean, uh, I'm going to just take a sip of water real quick. I got wa- I always have water when I do these interviews now. I put a certain type of uh, lip balm on. I have a system now. So I put this lip balm on that smells like tangerines. So I don't like try to think like, oh, I'm smelling dead body. Because, I, you know, like I said, you'll never forget it. So you'll you kind of want to like sniff it. Is it here? Is it, you know, you get a little weird? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's uh, Oh, my God, you sweet girl. Oh, my God, you darling lady. So you see a uh, a liquid fat man. Like, he's melted. Is that not accurate? He's just disintegrated. Partly, because I stepped around. I was able to step around part of his bodily fluid. He goes, be careful. He goes, first of all, Julie, he goes, he was very polite. He goes, he's naked. So if you don't want to see a naked man's body, you know, you need to turn around right now. They both had just walked around naked. Hey, what? Yeah. <laughs> If your problem is his penis, avert your eyes. And so he also had this grayish, bluish coloring to him. And yeah, he had fluid. I mean, just, I've never seen anything like it. And he also had a couple of cats that had been nibbling on his stomach, it looked like. Oh. The officer was confused because he was like, well, the door was shut. So where, where are these cats? 
So he's like, be careful because, you know, if they're strays, if they're feral, if they've been hungry, he goes, they're going to be angry. So he's like, don't touch them. But this poor guy had gotten up out of his bed, the dead body, and he looked like he was trying to use his cane and he fell because his cane was underneath him and looked like he just fell and just laid there and just died. He had a really large stomach. Uh, well, I mean, what was left of it? And right, those right. cats had just gone to town on it. And yeah, there was just fluids everywhere, the coloring, the smell. I mean, he was liquefied. I mean, he looked like he was melting. I was like, I need to get out of here because it was just too much to see. They had the front door open and I went all the way to the mailbox and you could still smell it from out there because there were these kids, you know, that they had seen the police out there. And of course, kids want to be nosy. Everyone wants to be nosy when they see the police, especially in this neighborhood. And they were like, what's that smell? And I couldn't say, well, there's a bunch of dead bodies in there. (laughs) I said, oh, the house is just dirty. That's what I said. So you couldn't even really get away from it because it was just wafting out that front door. Once we left that scene um, and we were in the car together, all I could smell was in my nose. It was in my mouth. It was in my hair. It was on my clothes. And I told him, I said, look, you have to take me back to my car. I have to leave right now and get this dead body odor and smell and energy off of me. In fact, it was so bad when I got home, everything I was wearing that day, I just threw it away. I I didn't want to smell it. I didn't want to be reminded of it. I didn't want to look at it. I just wanted it to be gone and out of my house. I mean, it was just, I could taste it in my mouth. That's how strong it was. It was awful. I guess I ask this every show, but I want to know, did you get help? Did you seek out counseling or how did you process and get kind of over what you saw? I'm already in therapy pretty regularly. It's just part of my lifestyle. But my thing is, is I don't necessarily freak out. Like, I didn't freak out as much as I thought I would, except for what I saw was pretty awful. Yeah. I have more of an issue when I see people actually in physical pain. Like, when people are actually suffering live in front of you, that's when I I really traumatizes me. But I did talk to my therapist about it because I just, I almost couldn't process what I was seeing. I mean, it's, it's horrific. And then you think about these two elderly people in this house, and apparently there was no one to check on them. Like, how long did they lay down there? Did they suffer? Like, I thought about how awful that must be to be in that big house, and they can't get to each other. And they're just laying there on the floor dying. Like, that is a horrific thought to think about. The husband had on his nightstand all sorts of medications. She didn't have, she only had like one or two. He had a ton. So they were thinking that he was the sicker of the two. They were thinking she was more likely the caretaker. And she fell and couldn't get up to him. And he must have tried to get out of bed to see why she hadn't come up. And that's when he fell. Again, total speculation. I mean, no one knows. So the officer I was with felt like it was probably the husband that kind of sort of lived upstairs and the wife is the, would have been the more mobile one. And she just had an accident and fell and just laid there and just died, which is so sad. I mean, and then he's up there. He doesn't know what's happening. He can't get to her. He has no clue. And then he falls. Then he just lays there. Whew. Yeah, that sounds like hell. I want to tell you, this is so, this is what happened to me. So my neighbor passed away and she had a, quite a few cats in her house and a similar situation with me. I walk in only they are eating her face. Oh they, my Lord. Maybe it was because it was her face that it stuck with me 
but it did stick with me for a long time and I didn't get therapy or, I mean, I'm in therapy now, but I, at the time I didn't, what happened to me is kind of a miracle. I was having all of these bad dreams. Did you have any nightmares? No, I, I don't think I did. I, oh, that's good. I, it was just one of those things that sort of stayed in my, in the back of my, my head. Like I said, I just wasn't expecting to see anything like that. Oh yeah. And the it's, fact it's that shock. I, yeah, it was a shock. I mean, I didn't think riding along, I thought I was going to see, I don't know. I don't know what I thought I was going to see, but not that. Yeah. I mean, you got baptized in fire first night yeah. out. Boom. You got hit with it. I saw the cats. I saw her face get eaten. I'd started having these nightmares and it was just an awful, awful. I couldn't sleep. It was, I just kept having the same dream where my neighbor was trying to get up and trying to talk to me and trying to tell me something. And she was moving weird. And exactly, you know, her face was kind of half gone and ugh, it was just and horrifying me night after night after night and then I saw a thing on like discovery channel or something about the creation of the universe narrator goes nothing in the universe gets created without violence without something gross happening there's nothing here on the planet on the universe anywhere something has to die blow up collide something bad has to happen for us to even exist here and that led me to start thinking about the cats. And the cats are doing exactly what they were supposed to do, exactly what Jill, my neighbor, would have wanted them to do, what these people would have wanted them to do. They would have wanted their cats to live. So mm -hmm. the fact that the cats are eating them in a way was just what animals do. Like people dying and even their suffering, that is all a part of life. That's just what happens here on this awful planet. There's no, there's no avoiding it. I mean, it's, it sucks that nobody was there for them, but then you have to think about like they had a lifetime of choices that they made to get to that point. Very true. So, you know, they made money. They lived a life that they wanted. Dying isn't wrong. Dying is totally normal. Decomposing is totally normal. The bacteria were, they were doing what it was supposed to do, right? All the bacteria is supposed to break down the body. It was doing what it was supposed to do. The cats are supposed to poop somewhere. Everything that you experience is completely normal and natural to exist in this world. What isn't normal is you first day going from, I'm a comedian doing headshots. I'm going to break my life up a little bit and have some fun. And then getting hit with that. That is where the trauma comes in. That's where the, the rubber meets the road. That's where it gets serious because they don't have to live with it anymore, but you do. We'll be right back. Hi, Christine here. I just wanted to come in and say that if you have been enjoying our show, we'd love it if you would go to your podcast app of choice and leave us a five-star review and share our episodes on social media. It'll help new people find our show so that we can keep bringing you great stories of finding dead bodies. It's just the way everyone wants to start their Friday morning. And now back to the show. And, yeah. and the officer I was with said that was the worst decomposition case he'd ever seen in his entire life. He said, I've never seen anything like this. And as a matter of fact, the medical examiner that came there was wheeling out one of them. And it was so bad, he was over in the corner of the yard yakking. Oh, yeah, the worst. Imagine that. You're seeing the worst in a the guy's worst. career ever on your first day, I mean, why couldn't you have even gotten like second worst or something? You know what I mean? A little farther down, like back it off a notch. 
I know it was like there was literally an hour difference between headshots and and two dead bodies. But I'm, you know, I'm really sorry about your neighbor though because I feel that would be worse for you because you had an emotional connection or bond with that person. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't I didn't know these people. I've never even heard of these people. So I I would imagine yours was on a much greater scale because you have memories of that person being happy and lovely. And then you see that, and that's going to be the last thing that sticks with you of that person. That's true. But really she was kind of a miserable lady. You know, one of those ladies that just sucks all the time. She was real, she was really kind of a bitch. I did love her though. That's true. I did, but she was a very unhappy, awful lady. But I think that's why I kept having those dreams about her trying to talk to me. I just went from, you know, suddenly just, I don't see her anymore. And I know what happened to her. And uh, yeah, I think that's why I kept having the nightmares of her trying to get up and, you know, but her body was so like decomposed and the similar color. Like I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about. But you know what? This is terrible. But when I went home, the way my mind works anyways, it takes me a while to process things is I thought, well, why the hell do I work out? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I try to look good and do all this stuff with my body when my body's just going to do that in a couple years? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, who cares? I'm just going to be a rotting corpse one day. <laughs> I thought I'm doing all this stuff. That's what's going to happen. And it's none of that's going to matter. And I started yeah. having that whole yeah. series of thoughts. Yeah, I totally get that, too, because you feel like I stopped getting tattoos at that point. I was just like, why? Because it's all going to, I don't know, you know, what am I decorating this sack of meat for? (laughs) How has this experience affected you and your views on death and dying? Has it helped your thoughts on aging? Like as you get older and your wrinkles or your breast sag or your body just kind of, you know, settles? When I was 12, I had my sister who was 19 passed away. And I can remember her talking about all these things she wanted to do and she never got to do any of them. And so my view of aging was never, has never been a bad thing because I realized all of these things that she never, that she wanted to do, she would have only accomplished with age and how lucky we are to get to live and do all the things we want to do because there's people that don't get to do those things that I'll never in their lives ever get to do the things that we've all gotten to experience. And the longer I live, the more I get to do. And I realize how lucky I am. My God, that's incredible. You're right. You almost made me feel gratitude for divorce. I mean, it still came with a marriage, which is one of the things she wanted so badly. She never got to experience it. She never, you know, parenthood's hard. She never got to experience it. She never got to travel. She never got to do like, you know, probably 20 things. And I realized I've gotten to do all those things. Even if they weren't great, I still got to do them and I still got to experience them. So we're very, very lucky to experience aging. And and I don't, I've never viewed it badly whatsoever because of her dying when she was 19 and never getting to do those things. We're very lucky to be here, even if the world is a big clusterfuck sometimes. We get to experience things and that wasn't taken from us. So we should just enjoy it while we're here. How do you feel about the afterlife? Have you ever given that any thought? I think that the afterlife is a wonderful thing. I have a friend that's, if you believe in it, not everyone does, and that's fine, who's a medium. And he has talked about how when you leave your body, your soul does not know human things. 
It doesn't have negative human emotions. It doesn't have negative, all these negative things that are down here on earth. You're, you're lifted out of this negativity and you experience joy. He says it's just a, a transmutation of energy. And that when we leave the earth, we leave earthly things behind, which is a lot of negatives. And we just experience pure love and joy as we're meant to experience it. That better be true. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to, I just hold on to that. I don't really believe in the concept of there's a heaven, there's a hell, there's a separation. I just think our, our souls just transfer energy and we go to a happier place where we don't deal with all this crap like we do here. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I just said, you know, I'm so lucky we're here, but you know what the good is the bad. And you know, the day okay. we get to leave the bad behind is a great day. I think. Yeah, everything that is on the planet that was good was created by something bad. Exactly. Ray, we're coming full circle. We really are. Oh, Julie, yeah. thank you so much for telling your story. Thank you, Christine. And thank you, Norris, so much for having me. I'm really glad I got to do this. First, you get pale. Then you get cold. Then you get stiff. Then all your blood settles inside your body. And then you start decomposing. It's messy. And it's gross and it's disturbing. Something about the human mind just hates the sight of nature taking over our bodies. But isn't it comforting in a way to be reminded that the body is a shell? You don't have to obsess over the little shit. You should take care of your body, but it's okay to relax. Your boobs sag, your butt gets flabby, and that's all completely natural too. After talking to Julie, I'm more grateful for my wrinkles and for all of the things that I've gotten to experience. We don't all get that. Julie wanted to shake her life up, and the ride-along certainly did that, and she was just observing someone else's job. But the truth is, people die everywhere, and you can find them at your job, too. We'll hear that story next time on The Body in the Desert. And a lady came up and said, hey, 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 there's a guy down the road a ways. He, he needs your help. Found Dead is a Levine Entertainment production. This show is produced and edited by Nora Williams. Our logo is by Nora Williams based on a design by Chris Levine. Our theme music is Autumn Sunset by Jason Shaw. The interview you heard today was edited for length and clarity. If you found someone dead and would like to tell your story, reach out to us through email at founddeadpod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at founddeadpod. Oh, God. I mean, we know what the we know what's going to happen. We know what this podcast is about. We know why we all know why we're here. But it's the added there's cats.